Welcome to Showgirl Sunday Dinner, the bi-weekly sparkly burlesque podcast about my experiences living, loving, and training as a showgirl from an unapologetically Black perspective. I am Torlisha Devine, the Black gold goddess and the creator, host, and producer of Showgirl Sunday Dinner. Thank you all so much for accepting my invitation to dine and dish. Now grab a plate and have a seat at the table because you're about to get served. This is Trillish Divine coming to you live with a message from Princess Coroniana. Yeah, I'm knucking and bucking and ready to fight. I betcha I'm gonna affect that ass so haters better think twice. See me, I ain't nothing nice. And viral mob, it ain't no stopping us. It be like SARS, MERS, the flu. We got you coughing. Now some still ain't social distancing and I'm acting a fool. Refusing to wash their hands to prevent and stop my viral mob crew. Now enough is enough, boy. Fixing to get stuffed up, boy. Purell is a must, boy. Nuck if you buck, boy. So, yeah, um, that was a, a note that um, Coroniana had actually sent in to the glitter box and, and stated that I, I had, to, um, I had to, to read it to the dinner guests or it was going to be problematic. Welcome to Bust Down Coroniana, episode 31 of uh, Showgirl Sunday Dinner. And um, I just want to say that tonight's episode is going to be a bit different because I'm going to be doing something that I've not done before, which is a live call-in show. So yeah, we'll be doing some of the segments. Some of it might get truncated. Some of it might get thrown around. I have cue cards to try and keep me on track. There's a cat on my counter. Onyx, get down. And so the glitter and dinner digits, if you are looking to call into the podcast, 765 537-8112. I have some folks scheduled to call in tonight, but also just want to open up the lines to anyone who wants to call in. Coroniana is basically trying to steal Nuck If You Buck, and I think that that's really rude of of her. Okay, and today's Sparkle and Shine is uh, going out to what I like to call secondhand sparkle and shine. And what I mean by that is that um, I am a believer in recycling, upcycling, buying clothes secondhand. Um, I am a Goodwill thrift store, uh, you know, person. I love digging in, in old clothes and vintage clothes and trying to find good stuff that I can use. So um, in the wake of all of this, I and also even before that, I've been kind of doing what's called secondhand showgirling. So I've been buying things from showgirls when they put them up for sale, like pieces that they aren't using anymore or pieces that they never used and they just got tired of them, whatever, what have you. So this week, um, I have two folks that I would like to feature in my secondhand uh, sparkle and shine. The first one is Davina Morfina from Phoenix, Arizona. Um, She is the ever-changing dame that will take away your pain, which is like a sick tagline and totally makes sense for her. Um, I bought the most amazing vegan boa from her. I'm going to show you. It is lush. It is red. It is dropped in. So I'm excited about wearing this. I needed a red boa. I'm working on an act that has red in it and I wanted a red boa and she posted this for sale literally 
maybe not even 24 hours after I came up with the concept of this act. And I was like, this was meant to be like, this was for me. She sent these amazing little pins and stickers, which I love. This is Davina. She's so fine. Okay. And there is a little pin and another sticker of her and her praying mantis act, which is one of my favorites. If you've not seen this act, you have to. The costume is brilliant and the concept is brilliant. I mean, she's brilliant. So there you go. And then this tiny little amazing headshot business card. This is such a great idea. Look at this. Isn't this adorable? I love this because I think this is good for burlesque performers because when we're networking, a lot of times we're in performance spaces and you might not have a purse or you have a tiny purse. And if someone hands you a business card like this, you can just stick it in your bra or you can stick it in your tiny purse. And I just think this is ingenious. So thank you, Davina. Um, also, just like Davina, I call Davina the... Um, Linda Evangelista of burlesque because she can literally wear any hair color and like any look of makeup and and she looks amazing so she's like if Linda Evangelista had like perfect amazing curves then she would be Davina Morfina I mean she can't even because Davina is amazing so moving on um and then also uh Veda Rhinestone I bought a few pieces for from her um, that she was selling. She was moving and getting rid of some stuff. So I bought a few pieces from her. And once all this mess is over, you know, they'll get mailed out and I'll receive them and I'll be able to show them to you. But I was really excited to get some of her show, showgirl stuff. And hopefully some of her fierce ass juju is still left on them because, um, yeah, uh, her execution is always on point and her concepts are always on point. Um, just a fab, like fabulous performer. And I'm just excited to kind of, I don't know. I feel like I, I'm in a, in a sense, like collecting like good pieces from people that I know are good people. And it kind of is inspiring to me. Like when I look at this bow, I think of Davina and that's inspiring to me thinking about like, you know, being able to use things that Veda Rhinestone had made makes me feel I don't know. It makes me feel warm. So yeah, think about secondhand showgirling. I think it's a good idea. Um, if you're looking to follow Davina, please find her on Instagram at Davina Morfina. And that is D-I-V-I-N-A-M-O-O-R-E-P-H-I-N-A. And then if you're looking for Veda on Instagram, she is at Veda, V-A-Y-D-A underscore rhinestone. R-H-Y-N-S-T-O-N-E. And I'll make sure that all this information is included in the show notes. And Veda's, oh, I forgot. Veda's tagline is Chicago's diamond in the buff. I mean, yeah, she's kind of hot. So there's that. Um, so also because both of them are secondhand showgirling me things, I am going to be sending them uh, a free piece of merch. There's going to be a limited edition, brand new piece of Showgirl Sunday Dinner merch. It hasn't dropped yet, and it won't be dropping for the next couple of weeks. But um, I'm going to be sending out some complimentary pieces to some show folks that I feel really deserve them. And so Davina and also Veda will be getting a limited edition Showgirl Sunday Dinner piece of merch. So look out for that in the coming weeks. Um, so yeah, that is my sparkle and shine for the week. And now we can go ahead and move into our 
showgirl or show person self-care segment of the show. Um, So I just want to say to everyone, it's your thing. Do what you want to do. As far as this whole quarantine situation is concerned, don't let anybody make you think that you need to like create 50 different acts or work out every single damn day or whatever the fuck. Also, I'm a need for y'all people who are like body shaming folks during quarantine and policing what people put in their mouth. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Let bitches eat cake or whatever the fuck else they want. Shit is real out here. Okay. Enjoy yourself. Do what you can. If you feel like you need to lay on the couch all day, then lay on the couch all day. If you want to scream and cry into the void, do that. You know, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do to take care of yourself during these times, these are rough times for people, okay? People are losing their entire income, okay? It's it's just, it's not, okay, people are losing opportunities to be on stage. And I know sometimes people don't understand how that affects us as performers. Like for me, school starts again tomorrow and I'm fucking dreading it because being able to perform is what makes school bearable for me. Like I'm going to get into this later, but school has become such a fucking horrible thing for me over the last year. Like it's just been so bad and I haven't really talked very much about it, but I feel like I need to get some things off my chest. So I will be doing that tonight. But I just want to say to everyone, it's your thing. It's your quarantine. It's do whatever you need to do to get through this. Talk to whoever you need to talk to. If you're spiraling and you need to reach out to somebody, you can call me. That's fine. Um, you know, I just I want everybody to feel like it's OK to have a bad moment and a bad day and not be productive or whatever the fuck like people have these expectations of of other people during a fucking crisis. Like, let people handle shit and process shit the way that they want, okay? So take care of yourselves and do whatever it is that you feel like is good for you. So um, I want to give you a couple of tips before our first callers um, start. Um, Just want to tell you about the things that have kind of been keeping me, for the most part, uplifted. Like, I've definitely had my moments where I just wanted to, like, scream and cry like a bit I've been a bit of a mess today because and yesterday because it's Jeezy's juke joint weekends and I'm home and RVA and I was supposed to see all my Richmond friends and some some friends from other places and I'm just I'm home and I love being home and I love being with my husband and I love being with my pets but I mean don't like I really want to be with y'all and I wanted to be able to experience the black excellence that is fucking Jeezy's juke joint for the first time like god damn it I finally get in and now I'm 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 home fucking coroniana anyway so these are the things that I've been doing to kind of keep my shit together um I've been playing with other show folk on the internet um I did a fun little side by side um video dancing with Rose Whip to Christian's Full of Smoke. And that was like the highlight of my week, seriously. Rose is, they're just a dream come true. And I just, I'm gonna talk more about Rose later, but that was the highlight of my week. I'm just gonna leave it at that for right now. Um, Some of the IG challenges that I've been tagged in, like, I don't know why everybody always tags me in the peach ones. I would like to be tagged in some other challenges as well. I do push-ups. Sometimes, 
Oh, and then like I did the shower one. Fathoms Deep had the shower one and I did that one. There were a bunch. Um, crying, because crying is cleansing. Um, been cooking a lot of like vegetarian. So I'm a vegetarian and my husband's a vegetarian. So I've been cooking a lot of like vegetarian comfort food. Like today I made the most amazing vegetarian quiche. It was so good. My husband earlier in the week made this vegetarian chili that literally would make you want to smack your mama. It was that good. I'm not playing. Um, so let's see. Ice cream. Working out. Um, the Facebook quarantine fitness group that Kiki Chaos put together out in San Diego has been really great and inspirational. I found some really fun videos on there and have loved kind of keeping up with everybody. And it's, it's really kind of keeping me accountable for being active. For me, exercising and being active is absolutely necessary to maintain my serotonin levels. If I don't work out, I get extremely depressed and I spiral out and I can't function, right? And also it affects my migraines. If I don't work out, um, I, my migraines just get terrible. So working out for me is something that I need to do with some regularity. Like I'm not saying I have to like go kill it in the gym every day, but I need to have some type of regularity surrounding uh, my physical activity so that I can maintain my mental health and also my physical health. Um, so thank you, Kiki Chaos, for, for putting that together because that's been really instrumental in keeping me accountable and keeping me moving. Um, Michelle Moore has a video series of burlesque classes that I purchased kind of like right before the shit hit the fan. And um, that has been a lot of fun. Um, and it's kind of making me think about choreography in a, in a different and new way, which is really refreshing. Um, let's see. I've been staring at my sewing machine. Um, I haven't used it very much this week. Uh, I think I, I, I think I'm just kind of trying to figure out what I want to do next and what I tr want to try next. I've been looking at a bunch of videos and I think what's up next is a panel skirt. So, but I need fabric for that. And I'm, I can't really go to Joanne's right now. I guess I can order from Amazon. Huh. Okay. Um, I've been, I've been shopping. I, I mean, I'm supposed to be following the budget and also considering the fact that my transmission is in pieces in my garage right now. Doc said he could fix it. I, I, we're we're going to see, y'all. We're going to see because I already told him if he breaks my car, I'm breaking the budget for real because I need wheels because once this shit is over, a bitch is out. OK, like I need to perform. This is unbearable. Um, OK, so. Also, I've been working on new acts. Shout out to Die Lovely and Dulce DuJour. Um, Dulce made me these amazing uh, dip dye uh, bail fans, and she sent them to me months ago. And I have my little robe from uh, Vivacious Miss Audacious and some other pieces. So I'm really now working on getting that act together. And I will be sending a flow video. Cause see, Dulce gonna tag me in a video and then that was like, and Gaia lady was tagged in it. Now I feel obligated to like get on the internet with my veil fans and I'm not as good as they are, but I'm gonna do it anyway. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and then I've been rhinestoning stuff. I've been dancing. Um, who knows? I'm probably pregnant. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I've been getting back into like my rituals, spirituality, meditation, taking lots of walks in the woods, playing with my pets, bird watching, minding my fucking business, um, hanging out in the lab with my husband and helping reading. Um, 
I've been watching TV. There's a series on based on a Stephen King book called The Outsiders. And I had read the book and the book was really interesting to me. So I watched the series. I had some issues with it. But I mean, it's Stephen King. So as a woman and a womanist, I'm going to have issues with Stephen King. But the story was very interesting. And I kind of liked the series. Um, I wasn't really a big fan of some of the shit that they did with the black female character in the show. I like the concept of her character, but I don't like some of the the, the choices that were made with her character in the writing. But again, it's Stephen King, so you gonna have some. It's gonna be some, it's gonna be problematic, y'all. Um, and then I've been playing Pokemon Go. Shout out to Gidget Bardo, who is my burly Pokemon best friend, and also doing this podcast. So thank you to everyone who has been involved with Showgirl Sunday Dinner, who has supported Showgirl Sunday Dinner, who's kind of helped me get my ass back in gear to get back up and doing the podcast. All right, so now we will go ahead and get into our Burley Biz of the Week. Uh, This week, we are going to be giving a huge shout out to a friend of the podcast, Iris Lamore. Iris started a apparel company called Juno Apparel. And they are our Burley Biz of the Week. So Juno Apparel is a comprehensive gender-neutral swimwear and activewear line that features functional body modifications to bridge the gap between body dysmorphia and the optimal swimwear look that folks want to have. Um, They seek to address poolside fashion needs of gender-fluid, non-binary, trans folks, as well as athletes and anyone really who's looking for a more supportive and comfortable swimwear. They have great prints, great fabrics. Um, Of course, you know, Iris is running it, so you know that it's quality, okay? Because Iris is fancy, okay? So she's not going to put crap out in the universe for you to purchase, okay? Iris is fancy. And I think that this gender-neutral swimsuit line is amazing, especially since there are things and additions and ways that the garments kind of help folks who are dealing with uh, changing bodies, make sure that they're comfortable when they are at the pool. It's a big deal, right? If you're dealing with body dysmorphia, um, especially if you're dealing with body dysmorphia as a result of uh, gender fluidity or trans issues, it's wonderful to be able to have swimwear that can help you look the way that you feel, right? Um, and look, look, Look who you look the way that you are and the way that you identify, right? Look like you. So um, I think that that's amazing. And the Insta is at Juno Apparel Swimwear, and that's J U N O A P P A R E L S W I M W E A R. And on Facebook, it's Juno Apparel. And the website is www. JunoApparel.com. So please head over there and check them out. You know, swimsuit season is coming. We're not going to be in the house forever. So (laughs) if you are looking for some new swimwear, some comfortable, super supportive swimwear, um, and want to support a brand that is also supporting uh, non-binary and trans people, which I think is amazing and is also fancy as fuck because Iris Lamore. um, Yeah, go on over to Juno Apparel and purchase something. Called the show to hang out with us. How's everything going? Good morning. Uh, things are going okay. Yeah, I know it's kind of crazy times. 
Um, so I know that you emailed earlier and you, you kind of had something specific that you wanted to speak about. And I think it's really important. So I'm going to go ahead and let you kind of take over and, and talk to folks about what it is that your concept for what conversation you wanted to have with everyone this evening. Is it the first thing I emailed you about or the second thing? The second thing, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll do both. You know what? Let's do the first thing first and we'll follow up with the second thing. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Some really interesting rules, but really we want to, we want people to create with the things that they have on hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want people to have a good time with it and just really enjoy it. And so there's a couple of different categories that someone, you know, someone can place in. So we have best in show. We also have best use of unconventional performance space. Um, we have royalty, which is the best use of royalty-free music. 
or unconventional use of music or sound. Cool. And then we have best cameo of a pet and best overall DIY aesthetic. Best cameo so, of a pet. I love that. Right. Right. I'm really looking forward to seeing um, people's cat pets, you know, make an appearance in, right. in their in their videos. And uh, I mean, the thing about it is, is that like. We don't know if we're going to get, like, you know, 10 people applying or 1,000 because it is open. It's it's an international festival, and, you know, we're not charging anyone to apply for it. Yeah. And we just really want to give people, you know, an opportunity to create something silly and fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a – I mean, I, I – personally feel really powerless and I know a lot of people feel really powerless right now um, in terms of what you feel like you should be doing versus what we actually have the capability of doing and uh, just watching all the festivals postpone or um, kind of push back has, has been really hard um, I mean, me personally, a couple weeks ago, I was supposed to be, or actually last week, because time is, what is time now? Last week, yes. I was supposed to be at the the first uh, Utah burlesque festival, yep. mm-hmm. you know, um, competing, Yep. you know, and, you know, that clearly didn't happen. And, you know, I think one of the toughest decisions I've had to be a part of was, you know, you know Corresponding Sears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sears Queer Performing Arts Festival. That was brutal. It's yeah. hard. And it's like, it's normally in most types of situations, it's a poem that we've shared with like a few other people. But I'm sharing this same, like, pain and loss with producers all over the, all over the country and all over the world. Right. And it's like a collective morning. It's really intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I was just talking about at the top of the show, like, I was supposed to be at Jeezy's this weekend and, and RVA. Yeah. And I was going to Utah yeah. as well. I ended up having to pull out of Utah because of... Uh, issues with school, which I'll get to later in the podcast. But um, yeah, I mean, all of these things. And like, I got into Jeezy's finally for the first time. And then mm, I would just, yeah, it's just been really crushing. And like, I just, I'm missing Vanessa Chevelle so much right now. <laughs> I just want to hug them. And yeah, so yeah, I, I'm just, I'm, I feel you. And I, and just watching everybody else kind of not know what to do and watching everybody's reactions to all of their gigs getting canceled. And I think sometimes we don't always realize as performers how important performing is. I think we inherently know it, but that whole idea of the collective mourning, because it's happening to everyone all at once, everybody losing their gigs and having everything kind of postponed indefinitely. Like we don't really know exactly when this is going to come to an end. Right. So it's kind of, it's collective uncertainty and mourning, and there's nothing that any of us can really do 
to fix it for each other in any real sense at this point. You know, usually if, if, if there are a few performers or a group of performers or a few performers having an issue, you know, folks can rally behind them to help them, right? Or a producer is struggling or whatever, but this is like everyone all at once. And it is yeah. it's super overwhelming. And um, yeah, it's sometimes hard to like, who are you supposed to talk to about it, right? Because everybody's going through it. Yeah. It's like, um, okay, so people, um, people need money. Yeah. Okay. So fundraiser, that's like, or what, you know, what do we do? Like, and I'm a, I'm a person that's like, okay, let's figure out what to do. And the thing is, is that the people that I would normally reach out to, yeah, we're all in this, in the same boat together. Um, and so it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's such a cop out to say say it doesn't seem fair, uh, but it's like it's. I mean, life isn't fair, right? But this is it. This has um, this has a collective PTSD, you know, error. Like yeah. you know, yeah, it's super. Two triggering. years from now, three years from now, right? You know, like yeah. like. It, this is the the long term ramifications are what are are what are finally starting to sink into my head. Yeah, because at first it's just like, oh man, like gigs through April, yeah. and now it's like, well, we're pushing everything back. Yeah, which means everything that was supposed to happen in these other time frames are those things going to get pushed back? Right, or are they just going to happen? Right. If those things happen, it's, you know, it's this huge concentration. Well, who's going to be able to afford to go to the shows? Because yeah. we're all going to be playing catch-up. Right. And so it's just, that is the, um, that's the thought that gives me insomnia. And I wake up in the middle of the night and play phone games, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, yeah. that's cool. Don't need to go that deep. But it's. I, one of the things that I saw kind of fairly early on in that first, like, the first week where it felt like we all were starting to kind of get it mm-hmm. um, was this kind of a scramble for, to create the hustle, yeah. which is like, that's what we do, right? The yeah. scramble. And, you know, I'm saluting everybody because I'm like, all the people who are already, like, already on OnlyFans. And the new people coming to OnlyFans. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's teaching classes and everyone's doing these things. And I'm like, we're just passing around the same thousand dollars to each other. Yeah. Yeah. Because we want to be there for each other. Right. Um, So we all have this thousand dollar loan, this roving loan. Yeah. You know, and... It's like I don't know how sustainable it is. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it's not, but it's um, it's really hard to be there for people how you want to be there for people because you can't even be there for people physically. Yeah, and and you can barely be, be there for yourself there for, sometimes. You know, like right? It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's intense, and yeah. you know, and everyone is. The beauty of burlesque is that even though we've all rallied behind this beautiful, wonderful art, 
we're all very extremely different people. We come from different walks of life. We have different lived experiences, all of that. And, like, some of us are in, in a position at this time that we can help more than others. Yeah. And, you know, it, it makes the... It makes that noticeable line between the haves and the have-nots even more so. Yeah. And there's just, there's a lot of things happening. And so it's like, I have to remind myself every day to just, I need to hold compassion for everybody in everyone's situation. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Like, as much as I can. Yeah. It's like, because I'm a mom, so I'm homeschooling. Oh, God. Which, you know, I didn't sign up for that. No. <laughs> it's hard. Oh, God, I really have so hard. much sympathy for the mo- like for all the moms that are, are home right now trying to actually work from home, right? So you're on the Zoom, mm-hmm. and then, like, here comes your four-year-old naked. Like, I literally saw... Mm-hmm. Like, this kid just comes into the frame, like, naked with, like... Got covered in mustard, like how? Yep. Right. It's just I mean, like my son is. It's cute. It is. But this but, is the, it's the reality, right? Yeah. It is the. It's the reality that like some 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 folks are still working. Like they're not. They can't physically go to the office, but they're still working. And working from home uh, is hard. It's yeah. Mentally distracted. Yeah. It's it's hard if it's not something that you're used to, mm-hmm. and like I work from home a lot. Yeah, and it it requires, and I'm easily distracted. Yeah, like it doesn't take much to get me to be like, oh, I could be doing this. Yeah, so it's physically painful for me at the end of the day because I put so much energy and effort into to focus yeah. on getting the getting the work done. So it just it's all these people were like learning this new normal, you know, yeah. this is our new normal for right now, at least right now until April 30th for sure, you yeah. know, at the, at the federal level, right. but it's, it's crazy. My son is nine years old and, um, he has a no pants policy when he's at home. So Hashtag you know, he's doing his schoolwork, <laughs> he's doing his schoolwork in no pants. Yeah. Just, you know, no pants and I'm not going to fight him. No. No. Like if the work gets done, cool. Yeah. Mr. No Pants, you know, do do what you gotta do. Yeah. No, I, I mean But it's traumatizing for them too. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they can't be with their friends. They can't they can't do the things that they're used to doing. Like their whole their routines have been very, very much disruptive. Like, um, I have a friend who works with autistic children and she was telling me about how destructive this is for them because for a lot of them, routines, repetitive routines are very, very important. Structure is extremely important. And the slightest yep. deviation is catastrophic for some of these children. You know, so it's yep. like... My son, my son is autistic. Right. Okay. So then therefore... <laughs> yeah. Right. This is hard. Yeah, it's hard. Put so, so much time and so much work yeah. into his schedule at school and... And getting getting to a place with like his teachers and the teaching staff and all the support staff of this is what works for my kid to get through his day and he's turning a new leaf and things are getting great and it's so good and then this happens yeah you know and like it's like we're are we going to be back to step one when we get back to school yeah um, 
you know, it's intense and it's, there's just so many different facets and I just, I am, I implore everyone to be gentle with yourself. Yeah. Be as gentle and as kind with yourself as, as humanly possible. And I, I say that as a person that, that is being gentle with myself. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like I, at the end of the day, I have to show something, some kind of production, like what well, is what I did for today. And it's been a trip the last few weeks to some days the, the, the victory of the day was I got up and poured myself juice by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And that was the victory. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Like I was saying earlier, like whatever you need to do to get through the day, then do that. And like, don't let anybody make you feel like you need to be doing 500 other things and, you know, creating the burlesque opus act of, of the world or whatever the fuck. Like, just do what you can. Uh-huh. Just, yeah, do what you it's can. It's hard. Yeah. Every day, just you gotta be gentle with yourself, and you gotta be kind. And like, I want to, I want to, I want to be on stage so badly it hurts. Yeah, yeah, I like, miss it. It's, it hurts. Yeah, it made school bearable, and now I don't have my crutch. And school starts tomorrow, and literally my theme song is gonna be "Tears of a Clown" because I have fucked around this entire spring break. And basically did not do anything as far as school is concerned because I hate it. And I have two chapters of anthropology that I have to read when I get off of here and a lab that I need to finish. I mean, I'm going to be up all night. It's fine. I'll get it done. But it's just the point that I'm so like the level of anxiety that I feel about this online process of school now is just driving me crazy. Like I feel like I feel like I'm in a sardine can or something like I feel compressed. And it's like, I can't even imagine what it's like for students who are, who learn differently and where online learning is not something that is conducive to the way that they learn or for the students that don't have access to internet, right? Or, or, or who don't have access to the things that they need to make this work for them. Like what about the students that rely on the computers in the dorms and in the, in the libraries because they don't have a laptop, you know, like what about those kids also like everybody was forced to move out of the dorms. What about the folks that don't Mm -hmm. have somewhere else to go? Or what about for the folks who, you know, home is not a safe place for them. Like there's just so, there's so much. Killed back. This, this, thing peeled back the thing that so many of us who are marginalized already knew mm-hmm. that the system is broken yeah we already knew that yeah. and now you have this thing peeled back and we're watching people non-marginalized folks you just feel like i can't believe that our government would do this i can't believe x y and z i can't believe that you just can't I can't, I can't, I can't, yeah. you know, you got black folks sitting here being like, we're not trying to be assholes, but we're sipping tea. Right. And watching these people have these meltdowns that they can't believe. It's like, no, we can believe it. Right. Like we, none of us are surprised. Now it's been peeled back. Right. Yeah. It's just been pulled back so we can see how fundamentally broken the system is. And people have short term memories. Oh yeah. And so in 18 months, you know? Yeah people that were willing to riot are going to be like, no, I can find toilet paper now. It's all good. <laughs> I still don't understand the toilet paper. Thing. It's a crutch. 
Yeah. I mean, the toilet paper is like you have people that um, who who are who are jerks who bought up a bunch of toilet paper because you know they're like that would be hard to find, and you know they're selling it online for you know you know crazy prices. But also, it's one of those things where it's like we all know that the toilet paper is not going to be. It's not going to protect you from anything. Right. I don't get it. But, but, but it's, the thing it's, you, it's the thing that someone was able to have control over, right? Yeah. Like, I have this 12-pack of toilet paper, and now I have four of them, and this makes me feel like I have control over a situation that I don't quite understand. Yeah. And I think that's been the major problem is that we don't quite understand we don't quite know and we're not it's not like we're being it's not even like we're being told um we're even being told things to kind of like be like okay at least you know they're working on it or things to like calm us down or soothe us or not you know escalate the situation more but it feels like more pressure is being added to it because this administration is incapable of stopping <laughs> things. Like, we need to fucking mourn. Like, we need to fucking, like, hey, this is this is some bullshit that's happened. <sighs> the ball has been dropped. We're trying to fix it. Can we all just take a deep breath together as a society and we can get through this? Like, I, I feel like that would go a long way than the doubling, the tripling, the quadrupling down and, you know, people not being able to tell their their asshole from a hole in the wall kind of situation, right? Yeah. Like, we're not getting any comfort. No. Like, I think about, like, right after um, Sandy Hook especially, right? Mm. That was just a terrible thing, right? Yeah. And Obama coming on television and saying, like, we're going to get through this. And it's just something soothing about someone being like, this is some sad-ass shit, and it's awful, but I think we can get through this. And you're just like, cool, man. Yeah. But, you know, I hope so. Here's the juxtaposition, though, because today the rabid Cheeto-in-Chief got on some news, some press conference or whatever the fuck and said that we could consider it a victory if only one to 200,000 Americans die from this virus. But the statistics of like worldwide worldwide um, mortality rate with this virus, including China, babe, what was the number? Docs. Yes, ma. He sleep. Anyway, it's something like it's like thirty five thousand people globally that have been reported mm-hmm. to the WHO that have passed away from this virus, right? And this fool is on television telling people that we can consider it a victory for our country, that they have done a good job if they can keep the mortality rate here between one and 200,000 people. The fuck? That, I just don't understand why those are numbers that need to be used in that way. In a way, like, it, it, it's supposed to be this positive spin. Right. The word, like, the ending word is, like, this victory thing. Right. And it's, that's very confusing to me because yeah. I don't feel like we don't win. Nobody wins in this you situation. Don't, you don't win out of, out, of, out of, you know, you don't win out of virus. No. Right? You don't win at a pandemic. You overcome it. Right? 
You but, hope but, to survive and you try to give people yeah, tools so that they can have hope. Right? Like you don't. That's not hopeful. No, it's not. Um, I but mean, yeah. <laughs> I broke down today. Like I broke down and cried today because I read one of his stupid tweets and it just blew my mind. And I'm like, this is the person that gets on the television and we're supposed to wait for them to give us something. And this is what they're capable. This is this is the extent of what they're capable of. Yeah, and that broke me. Yeah, and he's done a lot of shit that's been really awful. Yeah, but like basically comparing his ratings, the ratings of people tuning in to find out what the fuck is going on, so that they feel less scared. He's comparing the ratings of that to like a season finale of The Bachelor. Because the he does, administration he's is not, winning. He's not a he, he's a reality television monkey. He's not. Yeah. He's not. Like I have such disdain for politicians in general. Like he's not even a politician. Like he is. He is some goof that has allowed has been allowed his whole life because of generational wealth and privilege to fail up. Like every time he fucks up, somebody puts a trampoline underneath him that lets him bounce even mm-hmm. higher. Like how many yeah. fucking people do we have running shit around here, sitting at the head of corporations with all this money that have been allowed to fail up? Look at that idiot with the fire festival and all that shit. Like these fucking oh rich God. people, that's what they do. They are allowed to fail up. And it is so annoying because if someone like you or I made a mistake like that or a, a mistake that's even a tenth of the mistakes that they make, we would never be able to dig ourselves out of it. But these fools can declare bankruptcy, fucking destroy people's lives, fuck up people's pensions that they worked for their whole lives, basically, you know, steal people's childhoods, sexually assault people, whatever the fuck. And somehow mm-hmm. still they're able to have these careers and when they get caught, somebody's supposed to feel sorry for them? Or no. or what no. Like no. it's it's ridiculous. Anyway, I'm really, really super appreciative that you called in to talk about the of festival. Course. And um is there a place where people can go to apply yeah. to the festival? Can we get that information yes, and I'll yes, make sure yes. to put it in the show notes? Yes, yes. You want to go to at sequenced and sequestered, and that's going to be on Facebook, and that will take you to our Facebook page with our website, and you have until April 5th to apply. Awesome. And we are so looking forward to seeing what kind of shenanigans people have. I'm just, I'm nosy. I just want to see inside the house. So, (laughs) um... I'm really looking forward to it. And yeah, thank you for uh, having me on. No, and thank you for calling in and thank you for talking about, I think that whole idea of the collective mourning thing is so important and it needs to be addressed. So thank you for the email. Thank you for taking the time to call in. I really appreciate it. Of course, that crown looks good on you. Thank you. I love it. I needed to put it on today to remind myself that my life is not all fucking a mess. Like there were good things that happened before this. There's, it is he- it is heavy. So I I'm try like I'm trying to like put together a photo shoot with this thing and trying to figure out like how to pose without it like ship. I'm gonna get it together next week. 
Anyway. Okay. So, um, all right. All right. Love you. Talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Bye. Okay, everybody. Um, thank you so much to Pucks for calling in. They are an amazing human. And I hope that you will all go and apply for the Sequins and Sequester Festival. I'm going to do it because why not? I mean, we're all at home anyway. You might as well make something fun in your house with the stuff that you have. I think it's an, it, like go and look, like go to the Facebook page and look at the rules. The rules are super interesting. So now we're going to move into the twirly section. <clears throat> this, this, this week's poem is super short. Okay, we're gonna keep it cute. We're gonna keep it short. Okay, so, twirletry. Dear Netflix, I don't care how many times you show that fucked up preview. I'm not watching Tiger Bitch. Sincerely, Twirlicious. Wasn't really a poem, even though Netflix and Tiger Bitch are supposed to rhyme. But um, I'm giving myself snaps. I don't care what you guys think about it. So I don't have a bunch of letters or anything in the glitter box. But what I do want to do is give some shout outs to people for big upping the podcast, for signal boosting it, for posting it on their social media. Yeah, so just want to give some shout outs to Taryn Garters. Stormy Chance, BB Bardot, Jeez Louise, Miss Mary Jane Green, Mika Romantic, Iridescence, aka Jezebelli, Queenie O'Hart, House of Cheek, Celine Noir, Vanessa Chevelle, and Gidget Bardot. And these are all folks that have, um, in the recent few weeks, have really kind of been instrumental in putting the podcast out there, sharing it with their friends, signal boosting, um, subscribing to the YouTube channel, subscribing to the podcast and wherever they stream it, whether it be iTunes or, or Google Play or wherever they stream. So I just want to send a heartfelt thank you to you. Your support means a whole lot to me. Um, I kind of started this journey of getting the podcast back up and running before Um Everything exploded around us, and now I'm really glad that I I did kind of get my shit together um, before the whole pandemic got super serious and that I'm back uh, here doing this with you all. So I just, I'm super grateful for your support. So thank you. Now we're going to move into Egdesiast Facts. I have something really important that I want to share with you all today. Um... So we all know Miss Trina Parks, okay? She was the first African-American female Bond villain in 1971, Diamonds Are Forever. Her character's name was Thumper. Um, She's also a prolific uh, principal dancer, choreographer, um, dance educator. She is an actor, a vocalist. Like she's basically a quintuple threat. Um, There isn't um, anything that she can't do. Um, So we absolutely love Miss Trina. Um, She is, um, she was a principal dancer with Catherine Dunham. That is the technique that she typically teaches in her classes. It will wear your ass out. Um, I volunteered to uh, assist her while I was in Savannah. And I still feel Miss Trina in my body from that class. (laughs) Um, It's like, it's like a warm hug. In my hip joints. Um, so anyway, 
Um, I just want you all to know that she has a short story out called And I Am Thumper. It is a prequel to a upcoming book that she has coming out on her experience as the first black Bond woman and villain. Um, so she is, oh, hey, babe. Um, she, she is um, going to be uh, offering copies of this short story for $15 each, um, and it's $2 shipping or um, $6 if it's international shipping. Um, so I got mine. Um, it's on the way. I hope that you are getting yours. Um, you have to email her in order to receive a copy, and the email is tbay, and that's T-E-A-B-E-Y at yahoo.com. That will also be in the show notes. But um, yeah, please reach out to Miss Trina, get this short story. Her life is super interesting and she's done a lot of really, really interesting things. Um, And I just think that she's an incredible legend and a woman of so much integrity and with so much knowledge to give um, to all performers of all genres. So, um, and also remember during these times to support the legends um, as Pox and I were talking about earlier, I know that everybody has limited resources and we're kind of like recycling the same money and like passing the collection plate to a threadbare congregation. Um, But if you have friends or benefactors that are outside of burlesque that are helping you out, um, please, you know, help the legends and support them in any way that you can. Um, It doesn't cost you anything to check in on them. So please check in on our legends. If you have the means to buy their books and memorabilia, please do that as well. Um, Tip them for being amazing and being inspirational. And um, yeah, just I, Lottie the Body has been heavy on my mind um, because she passed away recently and I just cannot stop thinking about her. And so give the legends um, their roses while they're here. I'm still running the special on merch. So um, 50% of all the proceeds that co- or all the profits that come in from merch until the end of April are going to Jeezy and Jeezy's Duke Joint. Um, so um, if you go to www.showgirlsd.com, click on the merch tab, you will find a discount code for 10% off. And you will also find a link to the store. Our PhD in Slayology is going to Rose Whip. Uh, Rose Whip is the manx of musicality. Oh my God. Yes, they are. I don't know if you saw that split screen video of us doing a song by Chris John, Full of Smoke, but they are super incredible when it comes to like musicality. I was gagging on their eleganza. Um, so they got that whoop appeal, y'all. That Rose Whip appeal. Um, I don't know what you're doing with your life if you're not following them or you don't know who they are because clearly you don't love yourself. Um, So Rose is inspirational, aspirational, and just one of the best sparkle humans I've ever met. Um, They give you cosplay, comedy, and come hither ho in like the same show, sometimes in the same fucking acts, like they're dynamo. So um, they will be a forever fave and I will forever stand for Rose. So please follow them on Instagram at Rose underscore whip on Facebook. It's Rose whip burlesque. If you send Rose whip a friend request, send a note 
stating why you're sending them a friend request, okay? Because they do not want fuck shit and fuckery on their friends list. And I feel them on this. So if, and you should just be doing this anyway. If you are friending an entertainer, because we get so much bullshit and fuckery thrown at us for the work that we do, if you are not someone that this person knows personally or who has met personally and you're sending a friend request, you should send a little note that says, hey, I'm such and such. And even if you did meet them before, sometimes it's very difficult for us to remember everybody. Just send a little note that says, hey, I'm such and such. And I'm trying to get in the habit of doing that as well um, because it really is comforting to, to like not be playing, you know, internet roulette with your friend requests, right? And then you end up with an ashy dick in your inbox that you didn't ask for, okay? So just, yeah. And some of y'all need to go through y'all's friends list because some of y'all, I get requests from people who are super questionable and then I go on their pages, I have like a gazillion mutuals and this person is obviously a nasty masochistic fucking collector and no. So yeah, just... You have time now. Clean up your motherfucking friends lists. Okay? Thanks. Bye. They ain't fucking tipping you either. Anyway, people like that don't tip. They don't leave money. They don't like buy you things on your Amazon wish list. I say go through your list. If somebody's not a burlesque performer and they haven't like given you something from Amazon or tipped you or anything or brought your drawers or your news or whatever the fuck it is that you're out here peddling and hustling to the people, if they if they are not only fans followers or whatever the fuck they haven't bought your premium snack i don't know if they have not in some way monetarily supported you get rid of their ass because no there's no need for them to be fucking looking at your shit for free be gone bitches so yeah we love rose whip and and love rose whip forever hello Hi, this is Maisha. Hi, I'm so excited you got through. Yay! Yes, hi. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad to be hearing your voice right now. I'm so excited to have you on. Okay, y'all are in Thank you. I'm glad that you reminded me because low-key, sis, I was over here hella tired and making posts and falling asleep. And I'm like, oh, shit, I got something to do. So (laughs) thank you so much. I'm so excited. Um, so, um, we have Maisha on the line and I'm going to let Maisha tell you about all of the fabulous things that they do. I also want you to talk about all your stuff, Maisha, like not just the homegirl help hotline. Like I want, I want folks to know who you are because I think that you are a prolific individual right now, at least for me as a black woman, like watching you and, and, and watching your journey and hearing you speaking about your healing is just really it's really inspiring for me. So I'm excited to hear everything that you have to say. And I, I just, I'm hoping that I know that your resources will be something that folks that listen to this podcast will definitely want to use. So I'm handing it over to you. Okay. Well, Ashay, thank you so much. I'm really excited. Thank you for holding space for me, creating space and sharing space with me to be able to um, even just offer myself to people, share myself um, and to bring what, you know, myself and my community of sisters have um, built. Um, So I'll talk I'll talk about um, that. Well, let me talk about Soldier and G-Spots first because it was a initially it started 
the homegirl help hotline started off as a brainchild of that and then it grew into something that i that i realized with the help of my sisters that was something that was grander than that mm-hmm. so um my name is Maisha. my pronouns um are she her hers and i am the creative goddess and creator and founder of souls and g-spots um which is a, a business that i started in 2016 when i began to really realize the power of masturbation and what it had um delivered me um in fact i got this idea to start a business to sell sex toys and talk to black women about masturbation after i had an orgasm one night and it just like it was like a portal had opened up and everything had became so clear to me about what i needed to be doing moving forward and so that night really shifted how I interacted with um, masturbation because I realized in that moment it was something um, it has something much more to offer me than um, than a quick you know like a quickie or busting a nut I was like oh wait there's revelation in this and um, so I put together this business um, to bring black women into this conversation about masturbation to talk to us about how healing it is and how it can be used as a modality to reclaim our bodies back, to reclaim our eroticism back, to define our eroticism and to understand that our pleasure um, is something for us to experience for ourselves and to benefit from first before we, you know, share it and give it to other people. Um, so souls and G spots, um, is really, uh, prolific as you just said, in my opinion, because it, I don't just focus on masturbation, you know, while sex and eroticism and masturbation is super important to me, the work that I do really, um, really, really is focused on a lot of the other stuff that makes it difficult for us to have pleasurable experiences with ourselves. So really looking at the kind of trauma and the things that we've internalized as black women. So like, for example, I have clients that I'm working with and folks that I see sisters that I talk to all the time that can even even think about touching themselves because they dealing with issues around colorism. They dealing with sexual trauma. They dealing with all of this stuff that even makes it, you know, makes it difficult for us to even get to a place where touching their genitals or body or pussy or whatever is even possible. So I deal with a lot of that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and really just bringing the conversation um, around pleasure to a different level, you know, um, and really helping us understand that, you know, joy is something that can be experienced, you know, in the bedroom, outside of the bedroom, um, that sex is not always about penetration. A lot of times our definitions of sex are always about, you know, dick to pussy and, you know, and I personally think a lot of that is overrated because um, it's, <laughs> it's only a, a selective few of individuals out here with penises that even have the, the power to, to bring about the healing that we need anyway, you mm-hmm. know, or to share in the type of, you know, to share in the type of um, healing that we need anyway. So, you know, it's a lot of that shit, 95% of that shit out there is overrated. So, um, yeah, and then um, 
let's see what else I do. Oh, I'm also a sexual assault advocate. Um, you know, so I deal a lot with um, sexual trauma and really helping people work through um, sexual trauma and then providing them with peer support, emotional support, and also resources if they are looking to connect with some other some other things in relationship to their sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. So that's those and G-Spots in a nutshell. Oh, I have a, a, a blog and a podcast. Mm-hmm. A lot of my stuff that's up there right now is still... It's, it's older right now. I'm I'm, I'm going to update my information soon. Um, but it's nevertheless, it's old shit, but it's good shit, and yeah. people should check it out. Yes. Um, I have different articles on there that people I think would really love. So. And would you please tell us the address for your blog and where people can listen to your podcast? And I'll add that to the show notes as well. Yeah, absolutely. So people can find my podcast, Dirty Black Girl, the podcast on, um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on, um, I believe I'm on like, what's the Google tool? Is it, I mean, not Google, but um, the iTunes, Google Play, all that shit, uh whatever. I'm on every platform. So literally, Mm -hmm. if you just Google Dirty Black Girl, the podcast, you will find me and I'll come up. Um, And then um, my, um, my blog is on my is through my website, so they can go to www.soulsandgspots.com and find the link and everything to my blog. My my even my podcast link may be up there. Okay, perfect. Um, so yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yes. And then, um, so I'll talk about um, Homegirl Help Hotline. Yes. Which um, I'm super excited about because I got this idea. So this idea really came as a result of me. I was on the phone with my sister, my sisters, um, but my one sister in particular, we were best friends in middle school. Mm -hmm. And she was like my like the ultimate best friend. Like I had never met anybody in my life that, you know, provided the kind of um familiarity and closeness that she did I just could be my authentic self with her and it just we just had a beautiful sistership as kids and um we just parted ways due to um she moved it was no like we didn't fall out no beef no nothing it was just we ended up going to different schools and we separated and then she recently came back in my life about um maybe four or five months ago and it was like she never left and so she she formed um a womb healing circle with myself um the her sister Naya and then her sister-in-law Claire and we're all in a, a a womb healing circle and one night I got off the phone with them. I was just feeling so high and 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 just so supported by my sisters. And this idea came to mind. Like home, all I kept hearing was "Homegirl Help Hotline" in my brain, and I was like, "What did you spirit? What you trying to tell me?" Mm-hmm. And so. Um, from there it was birth I was like I got this idea I took it to her and I was like I want you to be an operator I want you to like you I want you to share what you give to me every day to with other women around the world who may not have sisters that provide this level of sisterhood that you give to me um 
And even for sisters who do, maybe you just want some more sisters, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like um, the Homegirl Help Hotline is is a space for, um, you know, again, we focus on black women, but anybody can call mm-hmm. that needs sisterhood. And um, we we are just a, a, a donation-based service that operates on Sundays from 5.30 to 8 p.m. Pacific time. And so if you had a bad day, if somebody got you fucked up, if you got good news, that you can't talk to somebody about if you know whatever it is if you need somebody to talk to you can um you can reach out to us yeah and we will provide you with a 20 to 30 minute session donation based services that's so beautiful especially (laughs) in times like this like having support and having somebody kind of just having a sounding board sometimes to kind of just get stuff off your chest and someone that you feel like can relate to you, you know what I mean? In a way that maybe some other folks can't. It's just yeah. really a powerful, a powerful service to offer and to have it be a donation-based service. You know, it, mental health is so important in this. And there, there's just, and I, like, I appreciate you focusing on Black women and I appreciate you for servicing everybody. But mm-hmm. that focus on Black women is so important because... And the reason why it's so important, like I want people to understand because I feel like people get very caught up in the idea that things are too gendered or that, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I've gotten uh, some kind of pushback against this podcast because I refuse to let go of the fact that this is a black woman centered thing. And the reason Mm -hmm. it's important is because there is we need places that center us. The rest of the world does not. You know what I mean? Like we have to we have to put the, the lines in the sand. We have to create mm-hmm. the spaces for ourselves because there aren't very many safe spaces out in the world for us. So mm-hmm. when we create those mm-hmm. spaces, we need to make sure that other black women understand like this is a safe space for you, right? This mm-hmm. is safe harbor for you because if we don't say it, then they don't know because most of the time in the world, you're going to find hostility towards you as a black woman, even in mm-hmm. feminist spaces, even in spaces that are slated for people of color, even in mm-hmm. spaces that are slated for LGBTQIA plus people. Yeah. Blackness and feminists cause issues in those spaces for people. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So if you don't know that some place is a safe space for you as a black femme person, you know right. what I mean? Like, it's very important to identify those spaces and to put those margins around those spaces so that folks know. Because that, simply no, saying that's real. That mm-hmm. it's a POC play, space does not make me feel safe. Okay? No. I've been in plenty of POC <laughs> spaces where I have been made to feel like, like some of the people who have given me shit about me putting this as a black femme-centered podcast are other POCs. Yeah, you know that and that and you know what, because really and I'm learning to really look at I'm learning to really listen, listen to what people are saying when they say that and really what people are saying when they have such an issue with us creating boundaries, because that's what it is. It's black women saying, nope, here's my boundary. And whatever reaction you have to that is your issue. And what I'm realizing is, is that their issue is what they're saying and what they don't know how to articulate because they're not doing their self-work is that they're not able to say, they're not able to understand that what they're saying is, damn, I'm upset that I don't get to 
benefit and exploit the energy from you that I've been told that is okay for me to benefit from and exploit. And I By you not allowing me into from. your space. Oh yeah. God. That Woo! I have been benefiting from and exploiting. And I'm I'm upset with you that you are drowning, drawing a boundary with me because then I no longer can do that. You, you're not letting me benefit from you. And that's the issue when people have an issue with black women saying, or just black folks in general saying, no, this space is for us. Um, and so I've run into issues even with other black folks who have non-black partners with that. Like, there's even black people who feel offended by you letting them know that, like, hey, you welcome on, hey, love you, but, like, your your partner, this is, a, this is not their space. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, no shade to them, no disrespect, it's all love and light, but it, this is not their space. And there's even other black people that have a problem with that. And so, again, we have a lot of... It is it's really some real life, um, you know, deep healing that needs to take place with our folks. Yeah. Um, because really what it shows is we don't have proper boundaries when we have issues with that or when other people have issues with that. It really shows a lack of, um, you know, um, a lack of boundaries and just respect for people. So, yeah, I, again, I, all the work that I do centers black femmes, black women um, and um Again, I'm open to to most folks that, that you know, and I say most because I don't want to work with everybody. Because when you say everybody, you got to be clear about what you're saying. Absolutely. And some people, some people, um, some people's energy, I don't want to work with, right? Yeah. And so, um, but for the most part, I'm here for I'm here for everybody that wants to do um, their work and wants to elevate. But they have to understand that I center black fans and black women in what I do. Absolutely. And so, yeah. you know, we have a mutual fave, Miss Brickhouse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love her. I love her so much. Oh, my God. And the fact you were... that you just said oh, her sorry, name. Yeah, no. No, I was just going to say, I just, I love her. Like, honestly, she is, I, she gives me so much power through her existence. Um, yes. I love her. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that. But I was just thinking about her all black kink spaces and play parties that she runs, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I have a non-black partner, right? Mm-hmm. But I would mm-hmm. never, I would never ever ask Brickhouse to bring my non-black partner into her black spaces. And my non-black mm-hmm. partner would never feel like that was a slight against them, right? Like you said, like right. it's not. I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to understand that there is so much healing that needs to be done that needs to center us because there mm-hmm. was so much abuse, pain, yeah. generational fucking dehumanization that mm-hmm. centered around just us. Mm-hmm. That in order to combat that, we need to have spaces to heal. That are just us and, and, and set our sex, our bodies, our sex are, in, in general is something that was utilized, was commodified, was one of the biggest ways that we were dehumanized. Right. Regardless right. of gender. Right. So it's like things right. like that to me. And again, like the stuff that you talk about healing through masturbation and, and the shame that I hear you speak about some women have against the whole idea of even touching themselves. Mm-hmm. Like that is mm-hmm. just so, like there's so much healing within understanding your own pussy. Yeah. 
yeah, for your own absolutely. pleasure, regardless, you know, genital, whatever. But regardless right. of how you identify, there's so much energy and so much healing available to you and understanding your own pleasure and taking and celebrating that pleasure yeah. for yourself. Yeah, no. Like it just... So anyway, I, I just, I stand for everything that you do. I found Aww. out about you through Kina. Yeah, shout out Kina. Like, lots of, lots of love and just energy to her. I love her so much. Yes. She's been, um, I, 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 it's important to me. I love saying people's names and shouting them out and whatever I do. Yeah. Because honestly, um, you know, I wouldn't. Souls and G spots would not be where it's at if it was not for for Kena's contributions to it. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, you know, she's been my 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 one of my biggest supporters, and so I just wanted to, to take this time to just say that because that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> that's my dog. Yeah, yeah. but um, yeah, go ahead, sis. No, go no, ahead. no. I was just I found out about you through Kena, and it's like. You have been such a gift to me. And Kina has always spoken so highly of you and always spoken so highly about your events and everything that you do. And I watch everything that you post. I watch your stories. I just, there's, you put out so much amazing information for people, right? Just, it just flows out of you. Like you're a conduit, right? There's like, you have a deep ancestral connection. It's very clear. You know what I mean? That you've been doing that inner work and that you've been focusing on on finding that connection and finding that healing. You know what I mean? So there is this this ancestral flow that's coming through like this knowledge and it's so pure and it's so beautiful. And the language that you use is just so like near and dear to my heart. Like just yes, like this is how we speak. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like having that communicated in that way is just, it makes it so accessible and it makes it so normalized and it makes it so beautiful. So I just, thank you. So I appreciate that. I appreciate, thank you for saying that. Cause that's important to me. You know, like I, I went to school and, and got a master's degree, blah, blah, blah. But it's really important to me that, um, you know, I, I, I remain, you know, authentic to, who I was before I even came into that, you know what I'm saying? And that I'm able to speak to people in a way that it it resonates with them, but also challenge people at the same time too, to like, if you want to elevate your language, you can do that. But I, 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 I'm a big, a big, a big component, like a big, um, a big fan of being able to just be our authentic selves and to remain in that because, you know, it's, it's important to yes. be able to speak to people in a way that they understand. Cause sometimes you get a lot of people that go through these academies and these systems and they come out with all this fucking language and the con- complex industrial prison system. I'm like jail nigga. What are you talking about? Niggas <laughs> <laughs> like, is locked up. What are you talking about? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's it. That's important to me to just get to the point, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Thank you for saying, and I mean, it is appropriate in certain circles, right? You have to be yeah. able to do both, right? Yeah. And and yeah. sometimes, unfortunately, because I, whatever, I believe AAVE is a fucking dialect and we should be able to use mm-hmm. it wherever the fuck we want, but such is life we mm-hmm. live here. Um, so, you know, we can't be as free as we would like in all places. But, you know, yeah, it's, it's just... True. It's amazing to have access to that space and to be... To have access to such a free black woman 
when I'm feeling like I'm locked up in a cage in fucking red state, Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. I go to your page and you have some amazing story with some incredible fucking outfit on, like twerking oh. and talking about healing yourself through masturbation. I'm like, this is exactly what the fuck I needed to see today. Like I needed to hear <laughs> this knowledge. I needed to see this beautiful body, like enjoying itself. <laughs> And all of this yeah. glory, like this is what I needed to see. And now I'm gonna go take care of myself because now I'm inside. Yes. Right? I so, say I love it. So, yeah. I so, love it. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for calling and sharing your information. I will make sure to post all of this information about the Homegirl Hotline and Souls and G Spots. And I just I really hope that people reach out to you and utilize the services and listen to your podcast. My life has yes. been so enriched by your presence. And I just thank you so very much. I'm so very grateful to you. Thank you all. Yes, please follow the Homegirl Health Hotline yes. at Homegirl Health Hotline on Instagram. And shout out to my sisters, Azia, Naya, and Lexis for stepping up and helping to build this platform. Um, and thank you so much for, again, for extending your, extending yourself to me okay. and allowing I'm myself so to be shared with your platform. Okay. I say blessings to you, sis. I love this calling shit. It's giving me life, y'all. That was so uplifting. I need a second to process that because I'm I almost cried like four times. Now we've come to the part of the podcast that I love to hate. Oh, you fucking thought. So you heard me speak briefly about um, <clears throat> the rabbit Cheeto in chief and his remarks earlier today. And um, I would just like to issue a really large the fuck to our administration now that we've gotten that shit out of the way. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about um, the sadness that this is all causing. Um, This isn't a read per se. This is just kind of a reflection. Because sometimes, you know, I don't always read. Sometimes I'm reflective. See, all of the spiritual work is causing growth in me. Can you... Can you see the growth? Anyway, okay, so um, so I want you to think about acknowledging your pain over your lost gigs, your lost stage time, your lost interactions with your Sparkle fam. I think that's the thing that hurts me the most, right? Um, <clears throat> lost income and all that. Yes, these things are terrible. Um, but to have to lose income and also lose interaction with my Sparkle fam is just like the worst, like... Anyway, um, lost confidence. Like I, it felt like I was in this place where I was like performing pretty regularly and it was starting to feel good to me. You know what I mean? Like I was starting to get more comfortable and I was starting to experiment and play more and starting to kind of feel like I was having a better understanding of who Twirlisha is as a performer and what I want to do next and had all of these like incredible kind of new iterations of old acts and new things that I wanted to, to explore, you know, that were just coming out of me organically um, since I've kind of shifted some things around in my, in my burlesque life and have kind of gotten the opportunity to perform more often. And it's just been really, really healing and really amazing. And I felt like I was kind of like on this slope. I was kind of like going like this, right? Just like this. And then all of a sudden it just went, right? So now I feel like I'm losing the confidence that I had 
from being able to perform and experiment and play and get more comfortable with what I'm doing and let go of these ideals of perfection and bullshit that I've had from like previous iterations of my um, life as an entertainer. So that sucks. Um, I've lost the desire to like apply for shows and festivals because I just feel like trash. I know it's just stupid. Like everybody hopped on my comment when I said I didn't want to know what other people's first impressions of my burlesque were because it was fucking mess. Um, okay. So here's the thing. Like, thank you all for like saying nice things to me, but I wasn't looking for compliments. Okay. I was just saying that I felt like it was mess. And anybody who fucking knows me knows that that's how I feel about most of the thing, and I know it's not good to be that self-deprecating and I'm fucking working on it. Okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. Okay. Trying. Growing. Growing. But I, I really honestly felt that way. Like I was like, don't, don't tell me because I, I already know like mess. I, and again, I have the footage. I seen it. It mess. I know. So yeah, I just, I know I need to, to keep applying so that I can keep performing. But like, I don't know, like, I feel like I was, I was gaining momentum and now I just feel like the momentum has kind of just crashed. Right. Like this, the hill feels a lot steeper to climb, right? The incline was like this and now it's like this. And I just keep sliding off the edge. It's just, um, my graduation is canceled, not just because the ceremony was canceled, but because I canceled myself from graduating because I had to drop a class this semester. And um, I haven't talked about this because it's super triggering. Um, so um, this is about death and grief. And um, this is a content warning that you might want to skip the rest of all you thought if um, uh, this is about addiction and death and grief and academic fuckery. And yeah, so I'm giving you an opportunity to just like fast forward past the rest of, oh, you thought. So the story goes, I had a criminology class and a black male professor and he's retiring at the end of the semester. So he has like absolutely no fucks, right? Um, Which is fine. And, you know, while I find a lot of the things that he says problematic, I also found him slightly entertaining in certain regards. And I did challenge him with certain assertions that he made in class, like, the whole idea of, of what, what constitutes uh, a probable cause for search and seizure and, and, and detaining people and all that kind of stuff. Like, what makes someone look like a criminal, right? So, um, like, sagging pants is not a reason to detain someone. I don't give a fuck, okay? But, you know, he's a Huxtable Black, so, you know, here we are. So, I... Um, He showed a film in class about addiction and also about, you know, incarceration that surrounds addiction. And I had a friend of mine that passed away recently of an overdose. And the film kind of like shook me up a little bit. And I was, I got a little misty eyed while we were watching the film. And there's a girl in my class who usually sits in front of me. She's really sweet. And she kind of turned around and was like, are you okay? And I was kind of like telling her what happened or whatever. And she's like, oh, it's okay. Or whatever. And then I guess my professor was like, paying attention to what was happening and class is over and he's like well what's going on and I was like well it's just kind of triggered me a little bit I had a friend recently passed away of a drug overdose and just watching this and hearing all these people's stories and how unnecessary 
uh, the grief and pain that goes into, you know, addiction, especially for, for brown or for black, brown folks, poor folks, um, you know, it just, it's just, just really sad. And it just kind of brought a bunch of stuff up for me. He literally was just like, you need to do something with all that energy. I'm going to talk to Doc. You need to have a baby. Um, fuck you, first of all, because how do you know I'm even able to have children? Second of all, why do you know that I call my husband Doc? Because that's what I refer to him as on social media, right? Um, also, why would you say something like that to someone about grieving? You would never say that to a male student or a male presenting student. Um, why do you think it's okay for you to say that to me? Like, I'm still in your class, regardless, like for you to be that familiar. I would never, there's a relationship, a, perfect, a, a, a level of, of, of respect that you have for people in academic situations, whether you're a professor or a student, right? I would never overstep my bounds to tell this person how to grieve. Um, also, again, class is over. I wasn't fucking talking to you. You really could have walked away and minded your whole ass business. So I decided to drop the class because I was super triggered in the moment and just did not want to deal with it. And I needed the class in order to graduate. So now I'm going to have to take another class, which I probably was going to have to take another class anyway, because my school is not transfer friendly. And I have lost a lot of credits transferring over and they give zero fucks about it. So um, I was probably gonna have to take another class anyway. So now I'm probably gonna have to take two more classes and that's just really getting on my nerves because I just feel like the finish line just keeps getting pulled farther and farther away from me and I am so fucking tired of this elitist bullshit ass system that keeps trying to tell me I don't deserve to be given the reward for all of the work that I have put in. I have busted my ass in school. I have worked so fucking hard and to have it taken away from me and to have the finish line just like, it's like a fucking donkey with a carrot. I feel like such a jackass because at the end of the day, like what the fuck is this degree really going to do for me? Honestly, because there are people running around with fucking master's degrees that work at Starbucks. Now, and I'm not saying anything negative against that, okay? What I'm saying is that the educational system is a fucking racket, just like pretty much every capitalist business in this country. You know, you invest all of this money and all of this time into these institutions, and then they don't give a fuck what happens to you when you walk out of there. And in a lot of cases, you're not prepared, depending on what your degree is, to go into the field that you want to go into. Now, my original major was Black Studies and Counseling. If I want to get a degree in Black Studies and Counseling at my school, it would take me an additional year and a half to two years. So I switched my major to BLS, which basically is like a, a bachelor's in, in uh, cultural studies, right? Um, but it's basically just like a, a, general, a generalized degree with a concentration in history and culture. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? 
wipe my ass with it, basically. But because I've been in school for so long, it's just like I'm chasing this piece of paper. And at this point, just I just fucking want it. Just fucking give me my shit and let me have my cap and gown and walk across the stage so my husband can fucking see that all of this time and energy and money that he's invested in me going to school was worth a damn. Like, let me feel like all of the energy that I put into this matters. Like, the reason why I won't let it go is because I'm doing it to honor my mother who passed away when I was 10 years old. My education was always super important to her. And the reason why I went back to school is because I wanted to finish the thing that I had started in honor of her that I knew meant so much to her. And it meant something to me too, because like, I feel like I deserve to have that. Like I'm, I understand how validating it is to have a degree. Like in this elitist bullshit ass country, it doesn't matter what I've read or what I know. If you don't have this stupid dumbass piece of paper to back it up, then it doesn't matter, right? And it doesn't matter how smart you are or how good you are at something, you know, unless you're fucking Bill Gates or whatever the fuck, you need your fucking piece of paper, okay? Because there aren't that many people that get to slip through the fucking cracks and become an innovator and a gazillionaire like Bill Gates. That's why he's fucking Bill Gates, because he's an anomaly, Okay, he's he's the exception. He's not the rule. Okay, so I just I wanted to be able to complete this thing for myself to prove to myself that I could and that I wasn't an idiot and that I was worth it and that I I could have this because I deserved it and I was willing to put in the work to have it. And so, yeah, it just keeps getting pushed further and further away from me. And I feel like I'm I feel like a rat in a wheel and I'm tired of running. So I think right now the thing that's causing me the most anxiety and the most stress at this point is school with no recourse and nothing else to look forward to except these fuck ass Zoom sessions and these stupid ass online quizzes and all these extra fucking pages of papers and fucking bullshit that I'm going to have to write And here's the thing. I actually like learning. I just hate being fucked with because I'm a good student. And I actually really care about school and engaging in my classes. And and like I do. But that's how you thought. And um, I want to show you my fucking pleasers. Inspired by Aria Delanoche. I'm going to learn how to dance in these motherfuckers. I've been wearing them around my house. I think I'm going to the supermarket like this. I don't know if I'll wear the dress with the crown and the fucking shoes. I might throw the bow on too, fuck it. No dine and dish tonight because we've had so many callers and it's been such an interesting episode. So I need to wrap things up. But I do want to make one final announcement. Um, fill out the forms that are on the podcast website, www.showgirlsd.com. Thank you, Elle DuJour, for filling out the guest uh, form of course i'm gonna have you on the show you're fucking phenomenal and there are also ad sponsor forms if you're interested in um being promoted and also there's a marginalized performer survey that i would like folks to continue filling out um if you can donate um if you can't donate communicate right send in letters call if i can ever get the fucking google voice to work um Write comments and stuff on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook posts, on the Instagram. Subscribe to all of the things. Like if 
Support comes in a whole bunch of different forms, and there are literally 50, 11 ways you can support this podcast that don't require any funds at all. Um, subscribe to all of the things involved in the podcast, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you're streaming it. Share it with your friends. Um, comment, like, rate, put a heart, a thumbs up, whatever your streaming service or whatever. YouTube, you put a thumbs up, like do all that shit. Um, if you can buy merch, because like I said, 50% of the profits are going to G's until the end of April. And there is a 10% discount code on the website. And you know, just take the time to listen when you can. to the last thing which is our pasties and cake and I want to just give a shout out to some people who have really and I I wrote a post about this on my Facebook but I've been kind of really getting back into my spiritual practice and I just want to send a special shout out to the women that have been really instrumental in me um, getting to that place where I have been ready to stop avoiding my spiritual journey and delve back in Um, so um, <clears throat> Hoodoo Hussey, who is the high priestess of burlesque. Her Insta is at Hoodoo Hussey, H-O-O-D-O-O-H-U-S-S-Y. Um, her link tree is on her Instagram, so you can get to all of her websites from there. Um, Lorena, the lioness of the West. Her Insta is at the official Lorena, T-H-E-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-L-A-R-E-I-N-A. Her link tree is also there on the Insta, so you can get to all her stuff. Um, DM her about her services. She's got amazing, uh, she does readings that are incredible, and also she's got some bath salts and all kinds of different apothecary things going on, some spelled candles. Um, So check out her Instagram and her webpages and DM her for services because I've personally utilized her services and her products, and amen. Also, Hoodoo Hussies. Yes, get that. Um, <clears throat> Tutu Toussaint, the royal rebel of burlesque. Her Insta is at Tutu Toussaint, and that's T-U-T-U-T-O-U-S-S-A-I-N-T. Uh, her link tree is available there as well, so you can access the rest of her website. Her shop is closed at the time because <clears throat> there is a family emergency happening, um, but please feel free to, to donate to Tutu Toussaint. Also, Amazing products um, that I've utilized and really love. And then also, last but just certainly not least, Lulu LaDuchess Derriere. Oh, you have been sitting on my spirit so much ever since I went to the Pink and White Ball in Minneapolis. Every time our paths cross, like, I just feel like you you just kind of dig a little dig a little deeper into my heart um and you have like a whole room in there now and i just appreciate you so much and um <clears throat> this book is so special and thank you for the recommendation and i'm like it's never just a book right it's it's this book and then it's this book and then it's this book and then it's this book and i'm reading all these books at once <laughs> Uh, so this is what I've been doing for my spring break. Fuck school. I'm doing real education from a spiritual life. Wah! So, yeah, all these books. Um, Finding Soul on the Path of the Orisha. 
365 Days of Hoodoo, Crossroads of Conjure, Jambalaya. Like just, just reading it all, applying it all, feeling really, really good. Um, yeah. So um, <clears throat> thank you for that. Thank you to everyone who has been watching. I know this has been long as fuck. It's like two hours and I'm going to have to edit this forever tomorrow. Um, but thank you to all of you who have tuned in and watched. Um, thank you to everyone who has called in. Thank you to Pucks and to Maisha. Like so much, so much beauty. And please, y'all, y'all gotta, y'all gotta get into Maisha. I just, I can't, my, I'm like, my heart is beating really fast thinking about it. Like, go masturbate. I might have to do that now too. Anyways, so I love you all. Thank you so much for joining. And I look forward to seeing you in two weeks for Glitter and Dinner. And I just, <sighs> I feel, I feel good. And I'm just really, really, really glad that you have all been here with me. Thank you all so much for joining me this evening. Be sure to keep up on all things Showgirl Sunday Dinner by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Showgirl Sunday Dinner or on Twitter at SG Sunday Dinner. Use the hashtags Showgirl Sunday Dinner or SGSD so that I can follow all the social media conversations happening in between meals. Please visit www.showgirlsd.com or shoot an email to showgirlsundaydinner at gmail.com for more information on upcoming shows, questions, tips, advice requests, suggestions, booking, advertising, brand ambassadorship, and or sponsorship inquiries. Showgirl Sunday Dinner will drop every other Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and will be available on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Make sure to share SGSD with all of your friends on social media and leave a like, comment, and or a five-star review while you're listening. I hope that you are full and satisfied. Stay sparkly, beautiful people. And I look forward to glitter and dinner with all of you on the next episode of Showgirl Sunday Dinner. Dinner.